Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar4children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518 589 Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you. Regain strength, power, and peace. Hi, my name is Missy Crutchfield with Gandhi's Bee Magazine, an online magazine designed to raise awareness and inspire people about all of the amazing things happening in the world, as well as all the challenging things that can help us raise awareness so we can make a difference in the world and be the change. One of my inspirations is Sister Jenna and America Meditating Radio. I listen, you should too.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating. That was Water to Fire by Eve of Eden during this impending continuous atrocity against Standing Rock. And I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't send them my pure feelings and good wishes for keeping the faith and staying as strong as they possibly can, which they have. You know, it's a profound time. I think there are a lot of things that are coming up that were hidden, and there are a lot of things that are going to go down. That was very obvious. And as much as I believe that we're in an age of trying to decipher where the truth is in the midst of all the deception and the illusion, it is turning our attention towards ourselves to see how honest am I and how truthful have I been on my journey, on my path, with my narrative, with you, with my friends, with my family, with everyone. Because if I live a life of deception, then the deception that we're witnessing today will just flow through all of our relationships and in everything that we do until it becomes almost a norm. And that's not what we want. We don't want to be dishonest and disconnected from ourselves to be the norm. We want the norm to be divinity and truth and and, and dignity and, and power of the human spirit. And so with that said, I commend... Elisa Hava for bringing forth such a beautiful song and for helping us to get a little bit closer to our truth and to sing in whatever way possible we can help another. It's time. And it starts with what's happening in your home. It starts with what's happening with your neighbor next door. It starts with what's happening with the cubicle next to your office. It definitely and foremost starts with you. Thank you for joining us on the air today. We're going to be having a heart-to-heart conversation with Dr. Fujin Zain. She's going to she's a relationship expert, and you know that's always in need because I guess perhaps we're always turning to the other person to make life better. So hear this: I got back from India, 103 countries on the mountaintop. Hey, we've launched our first solar thermal plant in the world. It's lighting up a whole community, and we educated over 350 indigenous people to design and run a solar thermal plant. I can't stop talking about that. So just go to india1.net for some more information. But, you know, a lot of people think that if you meditate and if you're spiritual, and I know we do, we do. I get up 3.30, 4 o'clock every morning. I sit with my conscience. I try to see what's there, what is it that I need to sort through me so I can be better for me. And if I'm better for me, I'm Definitely, it's going to be enough for you, because if it's okay for me, it's going to have to be okay for you. But the solar thermal plant touched me profusely. I did a little Facebook Live feed on it, and it was quite revealing, because one, it not only educates a group of forgotten people, but they're people who are educated and who might know so much about solar thermal energy, that they can go to those people and maybe even learn more, because they were hands-on, everyone, for eight years. Go to India1.net. We've financed it. We've built it. It's running. Right now, I think it's a research project, and countries can now really use this as a template and as an example as to how best to move forward. So please do a big support on that. It really is a matter of the heart for me. At this time, I'm working a lot on a deeper sense of self-monitoring because when I got back from India, and I shared this on one of my shows with Tim Freak, and please don't think this is bad, but I had to advocate some tough love. I 
basically relocated all my staff in the house to the point that I didn't know where the washer really was. I didn't know how to turn it on. I didn't know where to find certain foods. I was walking all over the house like, oh, my, where, now where, oh, that's where that is. Oh, that's so nice that it's there. I've been like almost like lost in the house, but as much as I'm not used to being alone at all, I have to do this. It's like I want my energy back. I want my space cleared. And I'm not saying that the staff and everyone who's here with me is not the most amazing people in the world. But I feel that when it comes on to you, your your own heart and your consciousness will signal to you that there's something that is in need. And what was in need was for me to be able to not be distracted every five minutes. It's for me to have individuals around me that are as driven as I am, as inspired. I don't even want to use the word driven, but inspired. This is life. We're living. We're breathing. We know what's light and what's dark. We know what's happiness and what's sadness. We know what it means to be a a generous person. By the way, do donate to America Meditating. Just go to PayPal. But we know what it means to be just generous, to not wait for someone to do something first before you give. Antonio, our producer, is going to laugh, you know, because I'm extremely generous, and I'll give to all these foundations, to Standing Rock, to End of the Line movies, to all these things that I think are making a good difference. And she's like, you haven't looked at your bank account, have you? And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, well, let's just see what we can do. And here's my point. Your generosity is that which just comes from the heart and doesn't have count. Your generosity is that your spirit is rich, that your spirit is full, And I'm just asking everyone to really find your spirit and find that part of you, a relationship with you that works, that part of you that can rise above a lot of the stuff that really just doesn't matter anymore. doesn't matter anymore. Stay tuned. Dr. Fujin Zane is going to be with us in a minute. Here's Rising Above from the Just a Minute Meditation CD by my sweet and wonderful friend from the UK, Sister Genty. Take a deep breath. Rising above, taking just a minute, I imagine stepping into a hot air balloon, the balloon slowly lifting up into the blue sky. Looking down, I see the picture of my life. Any problems seem so small. I take this moment to enjoy silence, peace, and to rest my mind. As the balloon gently descends, I return to my day with a quiet and peaceful mind. Welcome back. That was Rising Above from Just a Minute Meditation CD. You're listening to America Meditating Radio, and I'm your host, Sister Jenna. Our guest today is psychotherapist Dr. Fujian Zane. She has a fascinating story and now a renowned relationship expert. Her journey is quite incredible because at the age of 12, she was sent alone from Iran 
to a boarding school in the United States. On her own, she graduated from high school at 15, put herself through college, and by the age of 28, fulfilled her dreams of marriage, owning a successful business and a home. Yet she wasn't as contented as she wished to be. Dr. Zane has since become a widely acclaimed clinician and speaker. Harvard, UCLA, and MIT are just a few of the institutions that call upon her to speak and her awareness integration psychology model is taught to therapists nationwide. She has a satellite, she is, actually, she's on the satellite TV, and she hosts and is the founder and clinical director of the Personal Growth Institute, a not-for-profit organization that offers psychotherapy services to a multitude and multicultural, multilingual population in good old Los Angeles. Dr. Zane has appeared on Dr. Phil and is an expert with psychology today, and we welcome her on the air. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. It's such a great honor to be with you. I was just so inspired listening to all of the um, projects and um, everything that you're doing. It's so inspiring. Thank you. We're coming up to our 20 years here in D.C., and I was speaking to my EA, and we were like, what? Like, we've done how many events? At least 5,000. And we're like, aren't we supposed to be sitting and meditating here? <laughs> so it's a whole different genre here. It's just, I believe meditation is not sitting down like a Buddha on the tree and having enlightenment. You know, Dr. Zane, I think it's really about the way that you and I relate to each other one-on-one. And if my divinity can be emerged, I am practicing meditation and I am being spiritual and I am being liberated. But if for whatever reason I'm struggling with myself and I can't be kind and I can't be in my own self-respect or respect you, that I'm totally disconnected. I'm not meditating. I'm not connected. I'm not in my real self. And it seems as if the work that you're doing, not only is it popular, it means it's working. So, you know, your popular awareness integration, which is a psychology model, incorporates cognitive, emotional, body, and mind theories. Could you please let our listeners know more about what is awareness integration and actually what led to its creation? How does it work? Um, Starting with what you had said uh, prior where um, it's important for us to know who we are and stop lying to ourselves first. And our mind has Mm -hmm. a way of lying to us a lot of times. And then we forget the impact that we have with everything that goes on in our head and our emotions and our behavior. So Throughout the years, I've gone from learning very deep-oriented psychotherapies and then coming to psychodynamic and then coming all the way to cognitive behavior. And side-by-side, I've been involved in a lot of the life coaching environments and self-awareness seminars. So bringing the two worlds together of how to live in the present moment, how to clear the past as it kind of runs us automatically, and how to plan for the future and always create a vision in the future that kind of calls us forward in a way that inspires us, bringing all of the best that I had the honor of learning from the masters and kind of working in the practice with people and seeing what elements of each theory worked and put it together. And more than anything, I got it through the world of um, meditation that the awareness of a quiet mind and really looking at inside and distinguishing between our thoughts, our emotions, and our behaviors and taking ownership and responsibility about the impact 
of the way we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we behave upon ourselves and the world was one of the most important facts that I would say every human being needs to be challenged upon and learned and and kind of take in. And that's how this whole process started. And then looked at, um, it's interesting that no matter how much we learn new skills, when we are very emotional or faced with something that triggers some of the old traumas or core beliefs or things that have held a charge, a negative charge from the past, it comes and hijacks our brain. We forget that we have learned so many new skills and we go back being the three-year-old or a four-year-old or a 12-year-old again. And it was interesting that in my work with people, I could go back to the memories, create a lot of catharsis, we would sit, we would nurture, reparent that part, and yet nothing changed for the core belief, the negative core belief to kind of get dismantled. So it was looking at the newest technology in the cognitive sciences and neurosciences and looking at bringing the three paths um, that creates the trauma and holds it, which is the physical, the body memory, the emotion right. that is the charge and holds, usually out of the powerlessness that it holds, and then the mind, which created a meaning at that moment, which is usually looking at how come there's two or three people, hundreds of thousands of people go through atrocities, go through major issues in their life, and yet some of them give those issues in themselves a meaning that holds them stuck in a place, and others we call the resiliency, but somehow give it a meaning where they can move on and even learn from it and grow from it. So there's always mm-hmm. a meaning that is assigned from us to any event. And then, therefore, going back to the original memory through these networks um, of the body, of the emotion, of the cognition, and opening and dismantling that memory, shifting the meaning that we've given it, and then clearing the past and integrating those parts and then moving to the future and creating in a, a vision of who I want to be, who do I declare to be. Right. Now, that makes sense to me. And um, I know someone in particular that I'm thinking about. And as much as I could see that their lives are just incredible, they have perhaps one of the most fortunate lives I've met, still in their whole aura in their eyes, in the decisions that, they're, that, that, that they make, past just can't seem to leave them. The abuse, the, the neglect, the abandonment, the um, being orphaned, the, the, the disregard, the, the sense of devalued uh, experience is so strong in their vibrational field that even if they were to press what you call life's reset button, to release these emotional and psychological blocks, they're not able to do it. Is there a particular time that they need to wait for them to stand into that power? And this is a person who I consider uh, carries a lot of spiritual power, but this particular area of their lives has been the Achilles heel for them, and they just can't move on. What would you do for them? What would you say to them? The first thing I say is, you survived. You really did it. 
you pass through that phase. And you Mm -hmm. are so much more as a human being than that phase. And if we can come back to that place from the heart and the emotion, wherever that, whenever she thinks of that vision, um, that image of that happening, going back and looking at herself in that age and seeing how old was I? What was that little girl or little boy thinking? What was that experience? What did I make it mean at that moment about me and the world? When I think of it that way, how did I feel or how do I feel right now in my body? Where is it in my body? And then I would ask to close your eyes, go into the space in your body where that emotion resides. And allow that space in your body, the muscles, the cells, and that area of your body, with the emotion that you hold to take you to the first time it ever happened, and that you said to yourself, whatever you made the meaning, and allow yourself to look at that and experience whatever that experience is. And then I want you to come back to today, whomever you are today, and ask that child what is she or he needs and how can you give her that right now? Mm-hmm. And reminding that child, and reminding that child that you grew up out of that. I'm here. I'm the future. I'm letting you know you weren't powerless after that. You were powerless at that moment. But look at where you've gotten now. And I'm here to testify that the future that at that moment you thought what didn't exist, it exists today and I'm here from the future letting you know and I'm here mm. to take you from the past to the moment and integrate you to where I am today because I gained the skills I'm here and I will never allow that to happen again if I can and with all my powers I have the resources so kind of bringing that that person the inner child that was left somewhere and it reintegrated into our old system which is who we mm. are today Excellent advice. Well, that brings us to your book, Your Life Reset, and um, here you are many years later, right? You sent over from, you know, Iran at such a young age, put yourself through school up until you graduated at 15, went to college, and let me just tell you, a lot of my best friends are from Iran as well. So, I understand the consciousness and just the culture and the drive and the ability to succeed um, is just in your um, DNA. So (laughs) with your book, Life Reset, um, at what point were you, where were you when you started to put pen to paper and put this together? I started looking at this in the therapy world, and then suddenly it was more like, you know, we have a therapy world that the therapists sometimes do more, most of the work. And then the, the client becomes very dependent on someone else doing the analysis, someone else doing the awareness for them. And I thought, this is a key. You know, you know human beings are the only species that can become aware of their own awareness. We have that skill. And it needs to be taught to people to just have that on their own instead of always being... Um, dependent on the therapist. And not that a lot of people who've had a lot of traumas in the past, that they definitely need a mirror outside of them. And um, I think the therapy world does a lot. But I also wanted to give this to people as a self-help book, where they can go through these exercises and they can own 
the the skill on their own. And there's something else, um, Sister Jen, everything that happens in our childhood, it doesn't just go in a straight line up in one area. You know, if at age two or three I decided I'm bad, it doesn't stop there or just be I'm bad with my mother. You know, I go to school and I take I'm bad with the area of um, uh, the relationship with my friends, with my peers. Then I go into relationships, intimate relationships in, you know, my teen or young adult, and I take I'm bad into that area. And then I start working, and then I take I'm bad into the career world. And then I become a mother or a father. I take I'm bad in my parenthood. So that kind of goes everywhere, and it plants you know, the fiber of that core belief into every area of life. And what I found Mm -hmm. in therapy is people come in with one area in their mind. They have one issue. And it's usually when we go through that issue, even if we go through one core, core belief and dismantle it from that area, it already has its ritual, residual everywhere else. So I decided with my clients, and then definitely in the book, to go through every area, and I categorize it into seven areas, where people can go through those areas and do the exercises with 12 questions, and the questions creates the awareness about how do I think, how do I feel, and how do I behave, and the impact of that on my life and others. And we live in the projection. We always are projecting and creating some um, circle around ourselves. So then I want to know how I think other people think of me, how I assume other people feel about me, and how they behave toward me because I'm always in some sort of a relationship, even with myself, even with God, even with nature, universe, death, money, or people, whoever is around me. And then how I always take myself as a self. I always create an identity as a me wherever I go. So become aware of how do I think of me? How do I feel about me? And what do I do to me? Do I always scold myself? Do I nurture myself? And these questions will bring me into that core belief that maybe it's working for me and I'll keep it, or it's not working for me. And those are the ones that then we want to do the exercise that I explained for your friend of looking at the original memory and going and releasing and integrating it in all of these seven major areas of life. And usually it's like a tunnel where you go through the tunnel, clean up, clean up, become whole. And then after we become whole, then we come back to every area of those seven areas and recreate myself as who I intend to be, who am I committed mm. to be, what thoughts am I committed to have, what emotions am I committed to feel, what behaviors am I committed to do, the actions that I'm committing to do, and then choose the impact that I want to have powerfully in the world. Okay, so here's a big question. What if emotionally um, the person is really just weak, they're at their rock bottom and they're really, for them, they feel like there's just no hope. You can just see it in their body language and everything. It's like, I need, I, I don't have it. Do they just stay there? Do we leave them there? Is there anything to do to support? Let's say you've offered all of those techniques, and even those are the right questions, and it is with love. But the soul itself just says, I just can't. 
Anything that we can do? Have you ever had a client like that? Yes, we've had uh, done three sorts of research, and on one of the types of research where we've done with uh, people with major, major uh, sexual trauma and uh, abuse, physical trauma from the past, it only took 30 sessions which I still call it in, in depth, bringing depth into brief therapy. And um, in those research, it shows that we alleviated, uh, I'm sorry, we minimized depression 76%, and 60% we minimized anxiety. That is astonishing results. We did it with the divorce group as a workshop. We still got a lot of amazing um, 40% minimizing depression, which, you, as you know, after a divorce, there's a lot of depression. We did this study with Cal State Long Beach with 110 students in the beginning of the years, which, again, shows that they have high rate, high rate of depression, especially in the freshman and sophomore, high rates of suicide. And we got astonishing results of minimizing depression. So it shows that when a person takes responsibility about who they are and they find their strengths and let go, the depression goes away. I used to work in hospitals and worked with people in the world that were suicidal for many years. And to be honest with you, when I came to the world of spirituality, it was through that. Because at that moment, you couldn't just say anything to a person who doesn't have anything to give to themselves anymore. You couldn't just go rah, rah, rah right. to them. Something had to make sense. And sitting in their pain with them and again reminding that no matter how much the pain is there, that there is a part of them that insists to live. There is a part of them that insists to stay because obviously everyone has a choice to take their life. They have the ability. If they don't, it's because there is a part of them that still holds on to some hope. And then we catch the hope. We hold the light. And then look at the light and then go back and reality check about every single strength that they have. Look at every, every way that they have contributed to even one person. So looking at the resiliency that brought them up to sit here. Most of the people who have depression is because they don't see anything in the future that calls them forward. They bring up the past and kind of fast forward and forward it and project it into the future, and they feel useless. And to create a future that calls them forward is the key for anyone who's depressed. But in order to create that future, usually people who are depressed have to be able to connect and attach themselves to a causality for them or beyond themselves that moves them, touches them, and inspires them. And brings them out of that hopelessness and helplessness. But the first thing to do is to just sit with their pain and acknowledge the pain in however that pain got created. And for them to know that whatever meaning they're assigning to it, it's really them assigning to it. There's no truth mm-hmm. to it. It's really them assigning it. How do you keep yourself going, Dr. Zane? Um, it's interesting when you are the one on the receiving end and at the same token, the giving end, what have you been doing to keep yourself above it all that even with some of your clients that you just like, oh, God, that was such a rough story, but you just are able to stay on top of your game and go, I understand, I get it, and sustain yourself. How do you sustain yourself is my question. Well, meditation, as you said, helps a lot, bringing the light and constantly bringing love and light, but more than anything, okay. laughter. So what I do after mm. the day is done is <laughs> I love a that comedy one. show. 
comedy yeah, me shows. Too. I even get the news, get the news from like Colbert and you know um, a lot Trevor of the Noah. comedy shows. That <laughs> yeah, Trevor Noah and all. I love so, him. <laughs> yes. Yes, and then I insist uh, to have people around me, like you, you were saying at the beginning, to insist to have people around me who are also wanting light and love. And we laugh together. We send around jokes together, and we do funny faces together. And, you know, I signed up for a dance class and a music and, and to just release and be fun. And I think when we, you know, when we bring both of them, like the ability to just make fun um, out of anything, and then the ability to take pain seriously and to give a balance to both. And that's what really life is. You know, the life is about the balance of pain and pleasure consistently. Mm, that's so true. Well, I love your your Twitter, and I'm following you as we speak. <laughs> and I, I've just loved the points that you've shared have been very poignant and very important. Natural uh, and I think they're very meaningful. And I can't even begin to imagine that someone wouldn't be able to find some sort of a recluse or some sort of a inspiration and understanding as to how best to move forward. Let us know how to get a copy of Life Reset and um, leave us with another inspirational nugget that will make us feel a whole lot better or even give us a joke. <laughs> well, people can go to my website, fujan.com, F-O-O-J-A-N.com. And I, there's also a 30% coupon there with the code that the publisher has gave us and until April 2018, which is fantastic. And the publisher is Roman and Littlefield. So I would love, my intention when I was writing this is I my, my declaration is 7 billion people on the face of the earth to be completely aware and integrated. So that's my declaration. And that's what I would hope that if every one of us becomes aware of ourselves and take ownership and responsibility and accountability of how we show up with each other, it would definitely be, it's, it is a good world and it will be a best and a better world as we keep going forward. So I thank you for the opportunity and um, you know, for, for your listeners to be a part of this. Well, thank you for really um, engaging in what I would call one of my favorite interviews of all time today and wishing you all the very best and continued success with helping so many lives. Thank you so much. Take good care. Lots of nuggets, everybody. We really took a lot from Dr. Zane. It was incredible, wasn't it? Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. Ask yourself the right questions. Ask yourself the right questions and keep moving forward towards that. Find out what, who you are and what you're supposed to be. We're here to love each other the same. Thank you so much for joining us on America Meditating Radio. Remember, Sanatam Kaur is coming to Washington, D.C. on May 10th. Get your tickets now. Don't forget to download our Pause for Peace app for continuous 24-7 America Meditating Radio and much, much more. We love you very much, and we're going to end today's show by Sanatam, one of my favorite songs from her, People of Love. Take care, everyone. <laughs> 